Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I am your host, women's empowerment coach and motivational speaker, Megan Hall. And on this podcast, I'm going to connect you with inspirational women who will share their real stories. And we're going to chat about topics relevant to women today. I'd love to continue to support you on your life's journey. Please join us in the Inspired Women community on Facebook. Thank you for tuning in today and enjoy the show. Hey guys, today I'm here with Heidi. Heidi is a Navy veteran. Thank you for your service, lady. You're a rock star. Uh, Military spouse and mother hustler. When I read that the first time when I was reading over your bio, I was like, oh, that is so funny. To two extraordinary kids. Currently, Heidi volunteers her extra time with National Military Family Association while working a full-time job in the defense industry. She is in pursuit of living her best life with a cup of coffee in hand. Her goal is to inspire people to be the best versions of themselves. That's also my goal. Yay! (laughs) So I posted in the Inspire Women community and I said, would anybody like to come on the podcast and talk about what it's like to be in an interracial marriage? Because I feel like that's a hot topic with people today. There was, I was even reading an article where somebody was talking about how they think it should be illegal. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me right now? Like, this is 2018, people. So, Heidi, tell us about how you met your hubby and get us started. Okay, so my husband and I met in the military. Um, We were stationed at the same duty station. And when I met him, I didn't like him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we, we started talking and then we ended up dating and we really liked each other. So I decided to take him home. Now, mind you, I grew up in the middle of nowhere in Ohio, and there's, like, no colored people whatsoever. I mean, it's starting to get, like, more, I think, um, diverse. But when I grew up there, it was totally not diverse. So I took him home. And, of course, you know, like, everyone's just staring at him. Like That's where I'm from. It's, like, almost the same way. Yeah. Yeah. So I... I never had dated anyone besides like white guys and I took him home to meet my family. (laughs) Um, So we went home to meet my dad's side of the family and that was very interesting because I don't know, I wouldn't say they're racist, but it was just very interesting, right? It was unsettling and he didn't feel comfortable. And his family, when I went home to meet them, um, he's from New Jersey, they were, like, very accepting of me, like, immediately, but um, they're from Trinidad and Tobago, so they speak really fast, and they have, like, a dialect, and so half the time, you know, like, I really can understand them, Um, and then we just started dating, and then we got married, and it's been an interesting journey, so I do remember before we got married, I was um, stationed in Norfolk and there was a civilian contractor that worked there and it was a black man and he was um, he was telling me like I can't believe that you're dating a color guy like you know I just remember that like so very like vividly and I don't know why even to this day I still remember that but he's like you know in Northern Virginia people get lynched for things like that still I'm like what? what? Yeah, it it was just crazy. Like, it was absurd. So, um, so we got married and, you know, like, you would think that it would just be like this huge, happy family. And it's been a very long learning experience. Um, because, so 
my my family is very set in their ways and yeah his his parents are very like um open to new things they've they've had to be right because their traditions are completely different from mine so we've really had to like learn how to intersect those and intertwine them um so we we had our parents I don't even know if I should be saying this but um, whatever I'm gonna put it all out there um we had our parents come for for Christmas together (laughs) and it was a nightmare (laughs) it was so bad like um his his mom makes like ham the night before and like Mm -hmm. bread and my family traditionally does ham like on Christmas day and um so there was a big debate and our our parents they get along but they're not they're not close like there's you, there's definitely like a divide and I don't know if it's because of the diversity or they're getting better I think it took like this whole implosion of I don't know what like for Christmas <laughs> for that to happen but um there's still like things that happen now like uh yesterday for instance right um my daughter like was watching the whole election um and like it was the day before yesterday the election and all the things and my husband was talking to her about it so yesterday morning she called my mother-in-law to talk to her on the phone and so my husband his family like emigrated here when he was seven and they totally did it legally i don't know where she got this but she told my mother-in-law that she was an illegal immigrant oh no (laughs) so i mean it was horrifying like when she said that um it was so bad and you know my mother-in-law's like who said that and i'm like oh my god who's gonna think i said this like Oh, it was so bad. I'm telling you, like, I was so livid. I don't think I've ever been so mad in my life. Like, and I'm like, where did you hear this? And she's like, on TV. And I'm like, but they're not talking about, like, our family. They're talking about, like, the caravan, right? Like, it's just, kids absorb, like, the most things. And then they say them at, like, the most inopportune times. So that was yesterday. Um, <laughs> it's, oh, my goodness. It's been a learning experience even growing up with, um, so like growing up with interracial children, right? Um, mm-hmm. My son, I think it was, it was the year before last. Um, you know, he started acting out in school and we're like, okay, why is he acting out? Well, my husband was gone away for like schooling for the military. So we're like, okay, maybe it's because of that. We'll come to find out like this kid at school was like calling him a terrorist. Um, yeah. So, so it's like, we went in and you know, they're like, like, his mom is white, like, his dad is, like, Western Indian, like, I don't know where the whole serious thing is coming from, but that was an interesting journey, um, just different things, um, my daughter, you know, uh, she went to daycare at the YMCA, and I'll never forget, she came home crying, and I'm like, why are you crying, and she was like, I want straight hair like you, and I want to be white, and I was like, what? you know like in your mind you're you're not prepared for these things um and some white little like some little white girl had like made fun of her because of her skin color and her curly hair and that just like broke my heart and I'm you know I I talk to my kids about race all the time obviously like um they joke that I'm like the Oreo the Oreo filling and the Oreo because (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> You're the white filling in the Oreo family? Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, like, as a, as a mom, I don't think there's anything that can prepare you for those things. Um, and especially, like, so I went to my son's school last year for a parent-teacher conference. And, you know, my son, he was, he looked, he looks like me and my husband, but he's primarily looks like, you know, he's definitely doesn't look white. So we went to the parent teacher conference and his teachers had never met me. And when I walked in, they kind of had this, like, they're like, you're his mom. I'm like, yes. Like I birthed this kid. Trust me. Like (laughs) I birthed him. And, um, and he came home in the afternoon and he's like, mom, you're never going to believe what my English teacher said to me at school. And I was like, Hmm, what did she say? And he's like, I walked into her classroom and she told me, I can't believe your mom's white. Oh yeah. And I was like, what does that even mean? Like, I don't understand because we don't look at color in this family. Like, you know, it was so mind blowing. Like that this old white lady that was an English teacher said that to my son. And I was like, well, does that change the way she looks at you? Does that, because your mom's white, does that mean she's going to like treat you nicely? Like, I'm so confused right now. Like, he's like, I don't know, but I couldn't believe she said that to me. And I think it's been really hard for my kids, especially like with the, you know, the whole like race thing um, and like white privilege. I think it's been really hard for them. Like my son, he, he doesn't even tell his friends that he has like a white mom and they come over and they're like, Oh my God, I hear them whispering to him. Like, Like, (laughs) (laughs) well, and I mean, we got a preface for the people who've never seen your kids. Their skin is a lot. It's, it's pretty dark. Like they, they, they definitely got their, their dad's skin tone when it came to this, this whole genetic lottery. Um, so when, when people say that, that it is, it is very conceivable when you see them that, they would not have a white mom. <laughs> so it's just so weird because, you know, like growing up my whole life, I, I was never prepared for this. I was never. Right. I mean, it's not like I can go to my mom and be like, what do I say? Like, I feel like I'm constantly um, going to my mother-in-law for advice because I'm like, I don't know what to say. Like, like, how do I, you know, I, I know in my heart, like what to tell them and things, but I've never. I've never experienced that, you know, so it's really, really hard. And, uh, it's funny because even the other night, um, we, you know, I work full time. So we went to Walmart to get pancakes for breakfast because I'm that winning mom. <laughs> hey, I'm making <laughs> French toast this weekend. So we're all good. I go pancakes for my kids. So, um, me and my husband went to Walmart. Like that was our little escape to get away for like five minutes to have a real adult conversation. And we're walking out of Walmart. And I mean, like, it was probably like eight o'clock at night. So by then, you know, we've already done dinner. My husband had on some like Tim's because he's from New Jersey. And that's the thing that they wear with like sweatpants. So did he look maybe a little stereotypical? I guess. I don't know. I mean, he looks normal to me because that's what I've seen him wear. Like, right. Years that we've been married. So, um, and we're walking out of Walmart and this guy in a military uniform is like staring him down, looking at me. I was like, what, the, what is going on? Like, um, it was it was the most awkward thing ever. And we got in the car and I was like, oh my God, he probably is like totally racial profiling us right now because we got in a nice SUV and you look like a bum. And he probably thinks like, I'm the one that works and you just like live off of me. Like, 
because the way he was looking at my husband it was like I wanted to say something but my husband's always like don't say anything like because you know I'm very like boisterous so I'm, he's just like be quiet just just keep walking but um <laughs> but I was like really appalled at the fact that you know like my husband serves in the military he's been in the military for 18 years and some guy in a uniform just like looked down at him like he was like scum on the earth because of the way he was dressed like it, it just you know I guess like when you become more around, aware of your like surroundings you realize things like that but I'll tell you the first time that I ever experienced like um feeling out of place was this pa- like past summer there's this place in New Jersey it's like really in the middle of like the crappiest area ever um but they have the best shoe store like it's a fabulous shoe store like it's amazing <laughs> So once you walk past all the crappiness, <laughs> there's like this like shoe store that has amazing shoes. So, you know, it's like mostly predominantly like Puerto Rican people, like Hispanics that live there. And we're walking down the street and people are just staring at me. And, I, you know, I asked my mother, I'm like, oh, my God, they probably think I'm like FBI or police, like undercover, like, <laughs> like because I was the only <laughs> white person walking around. <laughs> shopping (laughs) but you know like in that in in that moment I felt so out of place and like I felt everyone staring at me and and I really like had this conversation with my mother-in-law and I was like is that how you feel like when you're when you know when people are being mean to you or just like like in general you know like when you're when you're around like certain a bunch of white people yeah yeah so she's like yes honestly that's how I feel and I was like that's horrific like I I know how it made me feel so I was like that is the most uncomfortable feeling in the world and it it broke my heart it really did like because like my mother-in-law is such an awesome person and you know when I was taking my human services class um I took a diversity class and they made us like interview somebody so I interviewed her because I was like hmm this would be kind of cool like and I learned so much about her like she told me about how you know like people um when they moved here, they moved to like a predominantly, it was like all white school where my, my husband and his sister went to school. And, um, and so she said like, you know, like we experienced a lot of like hatred towards like being like the colored people in the school. So it's just, I think like, you know, as a white person, like unless you have that diversity or, you know, you have, I'm telling you, like, when we had our kids, nothing prepared me for, for being in an interracial relationship. Like, it's different when it's just you and your husband. Like, you can kind of navigate the way, but when you, like, bring kids into it, like, it's so hard. Because, so I took my kids home um, for Easter, and my cousin's little kid, like, called my kid, <laughs> called my kids the N-word. No, <laughs> they did not. Like, so bad like I was like like they came in the house and they're like he just called us the n-word and I was like what like what what was this really happening like yeah girl my own family called my kid and I was just like oh my god you know they had to learn it from someplace oh yes my husband said that he was like your family said that because they're racist like (laughs) oh it was bad yeah like oh my god yeah so it's it's been quite a journey and I mean 
I'm sure like even yesterday like I mean there's things that pop up where I'm just like I don't even know how to deal with this like yeah I just call my mother-in-law I'm like how should I deal with this I don't even know how to approach this like yeah oh my goodness I can't I I mean what did you how did you handle that like with your family did you say something to them so we did but um they kind of just like laugh it off like ha 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 like you know and like it's not a big deal um so my kids like literally out of my entire family like they're the only colored children in the end like I'm the only person that went outside of (laughs) I have a diverse family (laughs) so everyone else is just like plain Jane White like I don't know well, that's how my family is too. But even my my grandmother knows she said she uses the word Negro because that's what they used back when in her day. And I've now explained to her that's not acceptable either. And she's like, "Well, I know the other end where it's not acceptable." I'm like, "That one's not either, Meme." But at least she, even at her age, the old white lady she is, she knows the N word's not a good word. Look, I remember taking my my son to visit my grandpa in the nursing home. And my mom's like, we're not going to talk about race. She's like, we're going to tell the old people when they ask how they're so tan that you live in Florida. And I'm looking at my oh, mom. Oh, my God. Like, are, we, are you serious? Like, are we really doing this? And yeah, she's like, they live in Florida. I'm like, okay. Like, yeah, I don't know. I, like, we go home once a year and that's like it. But I mean, um, my co- my cousin, one of my cousins, like we're really close, and she comes to visit a lot. But uh, not the one with the kids, right? No. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I love them, but it's just like I can't like like it really offended my kids. It hurt my kids' feelings. It would offend me, yeah. And no, I was offended. I was like, I was in shock, honestly, because. And then my husband, you know, he was just like. I bet he was livid. <laughs> he never goes home to visit anymore because he's like, I feel like I'm always on display. Like people just stare at me all the time. But um, yeah, no, he was like, that came from somewhere. Like, yeah, they had to have heard it. They didn't hear it on TV either because you don't ever hear that on TV anymore. No, because it wasn't like the slang version. It was like straight ER. Like, yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Mm. Oh, girl. So when no, it was wasn't the- from a rap song, that's for sure. Like- <laughs> <laughs> so when was the first time you remember um, experiencing di- discrimination when you, after you and your husband got married? Because you guys have been married for a long time. We've been married for 15 years. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like, we, we were stationed here in Norfolk for a long time. So even just, like, living here in, in Norfolk, like, we got married in oh god 2003 that's bad I can't remember oh my gosh (laughs) don't tell him um yeah we got married in 2003 so people were like diverse but not like how they are now and you have the like they call it older heads like older generations you know like they're very set in their ways about racial marriages and um you just have a lot of people look at you funny like because you kind of don't know where you fit in right like you're like okay I'm I married him because I love him but like it's like where do you where do you even fit into this like right it's been a journey it really has I mean even just like I said with our families like 
his family, I feel is like very accepting and understanding, but that's because they felt that hurt and that pain from other people, you know, like from white people treating them like crap. My parents, my family don't under, they don't understand that because they, they truly don't even, you know, that's white privilege. Like seriously, like they don't understand that. So I think, um, when we first met, like just living here going to the grocery store and just having people stare at us, but it's definitely like we moved to Florida and I feel like there it wasn't like a big deal because no way it happens way more often in Florida. I lived in Florida when I was a teenager. It was not unusual to see interracial couples. Yeah. So living there, I mean, it was like, it was nothing. Like everyone's very accepting. I don't know. I like Florida. Like I'm kind of biased, but, uh, but I mean, we moved back here and, and people, they're not, you know what I mean? They're not biased. I don't feel, I feel like they're more open now, like to interracial marriages. You still get dirty looks here and there or people like stereotyping you, but I don't know. I, I just think that you can't choose who you love. Like I didn't go in the Navy and be like, I, I went to the Navy and said I was never getting married and never having children. So <laughs> like <laughs> and look at you now <laughs> I know so um it's just it's funny like you can't you can't be like uh, he's he's white so I love him no like it doesn't work like that I mean I love my husband and when I look at him obviously I don't see color so we take pictures and I'm like okay I need to go tan <laughs> <laughs> yeah because you're like super white <laughs> <laughs> you're not even kind of tan <laughs> but I mean I don't know if you know this but I learned this in my history class it was actually illegal to be in an interracial relationship up into like the mid 1900s here in Virginia so So, yeah and I also learned that like so there was actually a couple I think that was married before that but they like hid their whole marriage like yeah yeah yep when it comes to states, I think Virginia is a little lagging on, on interracial relationships. Yeah, I'd have to say that too. And where I'm from in upstate New York, but that's because there's just a whole lot of white people up there. A whole lot, a whole lot of white people. Yeah. I remember um, when I was a, in my early 20s, a girl I went to high school with and grew up with, uh, she brought home her boyfriend and he was a black man. And everybody, like, lost their shit. Like, I remember my mom, everybody, like, talking about her being in this relationship and all this stuff. And I was just, I was kind of like, I, I don't know what's going on here. You, you know what I mean? Like, what's going on? Like, I don't understand. Until I moved down here and I'm just like, oh, I get it. It's because they're all racist up there. Yeah. Not uh, not all. A lot of them are. A lot of them yeah, are. Yeah, I think, I think back home is, like, I mean, when I go home, like, I see more diversity, so it's getting there, but growing up, like, it was all white people. I mean, like, we, I didn't experience diversity, honestly, until I went into the Navy. Like, I remember sitting in Great Lakes, and I'm like, these girls are talking about, like, chitlins and collard greens and cornrows, and I'm just, like, mind blown, you know? Like, your mind is just like, where have you been my entire life? Because I don't know any of this, like. Right. So. I think the Navy was, like, huge because it's multiculturalism. Now, are there still, like, very much, like, racist people in the Navy? Oh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) They're everywhere. Yes, but I feel like it's such a diverse place that 
there are some but I feel like there are more good people than than anything like totally is outweighs the racist ones well the navy was one of the first branches of the military to be uh integrated racially integrated right. uh, partially out of need <laughs> but you know so i mean that might be it now there's there's really no i mean there's no like you're on a ship you're with all sorts kind of people or on a submarine submarine even have women on them now some of them so like <laughs> you have yeah kind of people. <laughs> yeah that to me i was like oh this is gonna be different my poor husband's been in for 15 years has never served with a woman but he might by the end of his career and he's just like that's gonna be an adjustment for me oh my goodness yeah that's huge uh but back to you and your story uh so having children who are a darker skin color than you You've mentioned a couple of the struggles. What are some of the other things that you deal with? Like you mentioned how at school, some teachers couldn't believe you're their mom, but I mean, do you have to have like conversations with them about, you know, race and discrimination and things like that? Oh yeah. I mean, I feel like we have a lot of conversations about that and especially my son, right? Cause like last year with the whole, like, you know, Terrorist. Like, like well the terrorist thing and then like the whole like white privilege thing that's been happening I mean obviously he knows like I'm not you know like I get that I have a certain privilege like but I don't feel like I use it like I educate my kids that's where I know like education's power right so if I educate them about race and and you know like especially yesterday like when my daughter called my mother-in-law an illegal immigrant um it was so, I've never felt like so mortified it was probably she heard something about immigration and she'd heard before that her grandparents were immigrants and just like didn't know that there was a a major difference between legal and illegal immigrants right <laughs> so so, you know, after that, like, we're, I'm driving to school with her, and we had, like, an, a very, very intense conversation, because, you know, I'm, like, they came here to make a better life for their kids, and, and they did that, and they succeeded, like, so has it been, like, an easy journey? No, it hasn't, like, and that's, that's a whole nother thing that I've learned, like, about, um, like, the immigration process like to be able to become a citizen here in the United States like it is not easy it is the roughest journey that I've ever seen before my eyes so we had this really in-depth conversation about that and I feel like she got a good perspective about it um but it's just like we're constantly having conversations because like she'll say something and I'll be like you know you shouldn't say that like it doesn't sound right or I don't know like just different things like I don't see color so and I told them that like I like my mom's side of the family my my grandmother on my mom's side like you know she always taught me like not to see color like God loves everybody right so my dad's side of the family is a little bit different um I don't I don't know if I would would say they're racist but I would from what I've heard about them I would (laughs) Okay, I'm being nice on this podcast. You're being very, very nice and very Um, polite. So, 
so I think that that just educating them because you know like people ask me they're like so are you the nanny I'm like no I'm not the nanny like I'm the mom you know I get and then when I, I do remember now like when I took them um home to Ohio we went to a county like a county fair right and we're standing in line to go on this ride and this little girl like asked me she's like did you adopt them and oh, and I looked, I looked at her and I was like no I birthed them <laughs> and her eyes just got like really big like I just feel like educating your kids right like instead of being ignorant about topics that that matter like if we all just educate our kids on on not being like so in this tunnel of of what people are I think that it would make a huge change because racism isn't like people aren't born no it's a learned thing it's learned it is it's a very learned thing so I just feel like if you educate yourself and you educate your kids like like you can change things and it's sad because sometimes when my daughter comes home you know she'll be like this person said this about me and they'll be like but you know what like like for instance her hair like she has like my husband's family's like they have really like thick curly Indian hair I have like straight thin fine hair so you know that was a challenge trying to figure out how to tame that her hair right you you probably had to talk to your mother-in-law about that too (laughs) yeah I did she actually bought me products that's how it all started She's like, okay, put this in her hair and like, we can get this under control. And my sister-in-law too. My sister-in-law has been like a major, a major advocate for a lot of things. And I feel like she's really helped me to see a lot of things like, like to help me grow, right? As a person. Mm -hmm. Um, But she was complaining about her hair, like how she wanted her hair to be straight and all these other things. And, you know, I was like, girls pay a lot of money for some Indian hair. Like, the Remy hair, I was like, you should be proud you have that hair. Like, it just kind of looked at me like, what are you talking about? And I was like, you'll understand when you're older. But I was like, just know that people pay a lot of money for hair like yours. Like, and she just looked at me. But I don't know. I mean, it's hard. It really is hard. Like, and like I said, nothing prepared me for, you know, when they're little, it's so easy. But as they're getting older it's like you can't take the pain that other people cause away from them so like when my son was called a terrorist like you know that cut him deep and it really hurt him my daughter you know wanted to to be white and have straight hair and not have curly hair or be like a darker skin color like I feel like being open with them and really like letting them speak how they feel and not And not try to take that away, right? Like, if that's how they feel, like, not being naive to the fact that they have those feelings instead of, like, oh, you know, don't feel that way. Like, I don't know that feeling. I don't know how that feels. I mean, people pick on you, like, you know, or say something like, oh, your clothes are ugly. But when it comes to, like, your skin, like, that cuts You can't change your skin. Yeah. You can change change your clothes. You can't change your skin. Yeah. So just really like being raw and real with them and letting them like open up about their feelings and how it hurts them. And then kind of using that, but like empowering them at the same time and not to like make them like brats or, or feel like they're just like above 
you know whatever but it was funny because you know the um the card those those cards came out um the federal cards <laughs> and, and on my son's federal card it says that he's Caucasian oh no I was like, what? <laughs> like and so you know he's got a sense of humor about it now because he's in high school so he was telling me that he was sitting in class and I guess his teacher made him fill out some paper and he put that he was Puerto Rican. I'm like, but you're not Puerto Rican. Like, <laughs> you're, not, just, you're not Spanish. Like what is going on? Like, he's like, now it's just funny. I just put whatever I feel like putting that day. Like, I'm like, okay, but that's not what you are, but okay. So, um, and I feel like that's partially my fault too. Like for my husband's culture, because I've tried to incorporate it. Um, and I really tried to, to like, let them be educated in that portion, but I haven't done as good of a job as I should, I guess, um, making sure that they understand like my husband's culture, you know? Um, yeah. Cause I mean, he has a, a completely different culture. I mean, he's not, it's not the African American culture. He comes from a, no. like his family comes from a completely different country. <laughs> Yeah, it's, like, the West Indies, like, and, I mean, his family is awesome. Like, even his family in Trinidad, like, they're always, like, calling uh, my mother-in-law, and they're, like, asking, and then they come to visit, and, I mean, they bring gifts, like, they always bring gifts. That's their thing, like, they come from another country, and they bring gifts, like, they bring jewelry, like, they just, I'm like, this is so awesome, like, I get gifts when people come, no, I'm just kidding, but, uh, it's good, like, their, their culture is very warm, and, and fun and they're very loving um and I mean my mom I love my mom right but I feel like we have this conversation all the time about being educated on on race and understanding it and I think you know I really can't fault her because of how she grew up like when my mom grew up they didn't have anything other than white so that's all and my mom still lives in like the hometown where she grew up so right I mean I can't fault her, but at the same time, like, I'm just trying to, like, educate her and, and telling her to be, like, okay, I understand you grew up this way, but this is 2018. and You here's gotta learn. <laughs> like, that might be the reason she, she acts a certain way or says certain things, but that's not an excuse. She's, they're, they're not, it's never too late to learn, right, and, and grow and, right. and be able to change. I mean, uh, when I first moved to Virginia, it was a complete culture shock for me because I was, like, what is going on here? And I had a lot of, and I still do have a lot of childhood programming I have to overcome. I'm constantly catching myself saying, not constantly, but sometimes I'll catch myself saying things or thinking things that I'm like, that's not right. What is going on here? And then I had to realize that's what I was taught growing up. So it's going to take time for me to like overcome that. But I mean, several times in the podcast, you've mentioned white supremacy and Robin D'Angelo, and I'll link it up in the show notes, wrote a really good book on white supremacy for, for, I mean, I'm sure it's for all people, but it really breaks it down for the white people who are like, there is no white supremacy. Oh, she breaks it on down for you. So maybe you might want to send that book to your mom. <laughs> Everyone's getting that for Christmas. On my family. Oh my goodness. So, um, when it comes to integrating traditions you were talking about, are there any traditions from your husband's culture that you guys have integrated into your lives? 
So interestingly enough, right? My husband's family does not celebrate Thanksgiving. Well, that's not surprising. (laughs) (laughs) But um, since we, since we like have been married and stuff like that. So falls like my favorite time of year. Like Thanksgiving is like my favorite. Like I absolutely love it. So they, they make an appoint to like make it like really awesome for me. So, um, but as far as like incorporating things like for their traditions, um, so like they do like the, they do the bread, the, they bake the bread and, and do the ham, um, the night before. And then I'm just like hang out and they cook, um, they cook a lot of different things for like Christmas day. So I always try to like incorporate like, uh, certain things that they cook I suck at making desserts and my mother-in-law gave me a cookbook so that's a work in progress um but yeah uh like they make like my mother-in-law always makes this like fried rice but it's like um it's totally not like fried rice like if you go to like the Chinese place and say hey can I have some fried rice it's like I can't even explain it what it is but it it's like amazing so she makes that um she does like this uh it's like salt fish and bake so it's kind of like a it's kind of like a tortilla fluffy tortilla but it tastes different and like she uses salt fish but she boils it down to take like the salt off and um puts it with like fresh tomatoes and onions so we normally do that um I'm trying to think what else. That sounds so. I mean, she does. Yeah, she does like a lot of American cuisine, but they have like a lot of different foods, like um, roti, stewed chicken. Um, but we get like all that food like when we go visit her. She just cooks like for days. <laughs> but that sounds like a traditional Indian mom. <laughs> there, literally, just cooking up a storm. Yeah, that's what she does. She like cooks like uh curry goat, curry chicken, like for days. Like I'm telling you, this woman will cook all day and like it'll be like enough food to eat for a week. But um I'm trying to think what else we do. Oh, they listen to their music is completely different. That has been like one huge factor. Like they listen to completely different music. Is that something that you and your family enjoy listening to also? Yes, we do. We listen to it uh, primarily when they come around. I mean, we listen to it a little bit. Like like I said, I'm really <laughs> talking about this. I'm kind of failing my children. <laughs> You're not <laughs> failing your children. I feel like, I mean, like you, you've said several times in the podcast, this is a hell of an adjustment, especially for coming from, you know, your background where there was, you didn't have interactions with people of color. Like right. you didn't have that. So you didn't even know, like when you get in this relationship, like you said, there, you, you love who you love. Like, and, and I agree wholeheartedly with that. I'm the person that has like, just leave people alone, just let them love who <laughs> they want to. Um, but you know, it still is like you are marrying into a completely different culture and 
it's not only culture, but it's a culture that you literally can see. So when you're walking down the road or your kids are walking with you, it's, it's obvious. And that can come with, especially in America today, where, you know, freedom of everything. Um, and I'm not bashing freedom of everything. I think like we all need to deal with the consequences of us doing the freedom of everything, but that you have these people who are going to stare and they're going to make comments and they're going to say like rude things or the kids at school, because you know, they learn it from their parents are saying rude things to your kids because they're hearing at home. Um, kids are not born hating. They learn hating. So if they're saying rude things to your kids at school, they heard it from their parents or, you know, adults in their lives. So what I really want people listening to take away is like, being in an interracial relationship, it is an adjustment, but you've been married for 15 years. So obviously you guys have adjusted. <laughs> every, I'm telling you literally every day is like a whole new being of like, okay, what are we going to conquer today? Like we can do this. So it's definitely been a learning process we've found like what works for our family, what doesn't work. And, you know, sometimes we're like, okay, we're just gonna, it's just gonna be us for like, it works that way. Um, I don't know. I'm like scared to like bring our parents back together for like a, <laughs> a holiday. I'm not gonna lie. I think I'm traumatized from that Christmas. I really think so. Um, I would be scared too listening to you. Like, it was bad. You don't want anybody bad. dropping the N bomb in front of your mother in law. <laughs> Holy crap. I think she would lose her mind. <laughs> I mean, rightfully so. So, rightfully. Yeah, no, no. I mean, and, and that's the thing, like, about ignorance, right? Like, you can, you can explain it 10 different ways and you can understand their viewpoint, but still try to, like, educate them. And if you're ignorant to, like, what comes out of your mouth or what, the way that you think about things, you're never going to change a person. And I've, I've found that to be true. So you just kind of figure out what works and, and go with it. But I mean, as far as like my actual like family unit, right. My, my husband, my daughter, my son and myself, like, I think that we're have such like this, like tight knit, like relationship, like all four of us that no matter what like gets thrown at us, like we just kind of put it out on the table and, and figure it out whatever way it is. Right. And, and we move forward, but it's definitely been a learning process for me because things that I never in a million years, you know, have had, like would have ever thought I would have had to think about, like, as my kids are getting older, like I'm thinking about that, like, you know, like just for instance, my son's going to start driving like next year. Right. And it scares me, right? Because like, if he's by himself, like, and he gets pulled over by a cop, I'm not like bashing cops, but it's no, a me. racist cop. Let's yeah, put that no, up. Okay. It's, it scares me. It really does. Yeah. So things like that, like, you know, I, I try to teach my kids like proper ways and, and everything, but if you have a racist person, like, it doesn't matter what you teach your kid, like, like, it's just bad things are going to happen. Right. So right. I can't protect my kids from everything in the world, but I can prepare them for things that, that they might not even foresee that through experiences, whether it's through our experiences that we experience as a family or, or friends that I know, like other friends that I have are in interracial relationships, just different experiences. Like 
that's that's how I'm preparing them for life but if someone would have told me like I would have had to deal with this like 16 years ago I'd be like oh yeah whatever like this is crazy like you know but right but I wouldn't trade my family for anything in the world like and I'm talking about like my mother-in-law my father-in-law my my sister-in-law my my brother-in-law like like I'm I'm the white girl in their family right like I'm right you're the minority yeah so so it's catch 22 it goes both ways um but they're so accepting and loving of me like I can't imagine life without them I love that and that's an awesome way to end is there anything you want to leave the audience with that we haven't covered so far I don't think so I think just making sure that you educate yourself and and educating your kids like for what what they say and being careful what you say around your kids because kids are like sponges and they absorb things and and hate isn't born people aren't born with hate hate is something that's taught to kids and and develops over time so just be cognitively aware of what you say yes i i can't agree more we actually we talked about the election the recent election and it'll be you know almost a month later by the time people hear this or over a month later but we had a conversation and i said it, we were talking about voting and i said how important it was to vote because women for women because women haven't always had the right to vote um predominantly white males had the right to vote and my kids picked up on the white part and my daughter was like, what about brown people? And I told her, I said, you know, African-American people did not have the right to vote for the longest time either. And she was like, why? And I was like, because they were black. And she was like, that's not fair. And some people might hear that and think like, why are you telling your kids this? Because they need to know. Because this is still relevant today. Because people are still hating on people of color because of those things. You know, we need to know that the United States was built on this hatred and it's going to take time. And in us, like you said, Heidi, parents educating their children the right way and being mindful of the words they're saying and, you know, preaching about equality and loving everybody no matter what. Because my kids don't come home and say, this person's black or that person's white. They're just like, they use their friends' names, like, you know, and you just have no idea because they don't, they don't really care. They're like, whatever, they're yeah. my friends. <laughs> like, my daughter is that way. She comes home from school and she's like, this person or this person. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like, and you then, you know, yeah. when we go to school to eat lunch with her and she's like, this is so-and-so. I'm like, okay, that's not how I pictured them, but this is awesome. Like, you know, we're going to keep it moving. Like, like I I just try to like and I really really try hard to show like even my my um my kids friends like I really try hard to show them like I'm a loving mother and I don't care who you are or what color you are what what religion you are or you know like you're welcome in my house like I will buy you pizza and soda and you can fart and burp all day long like I would love you (laughs) so as long as you're good to my kids I'm all right with that Yes. So I think it's just, it's important, especially like with how our kids are growing up in, in this era of, you know, the world, like, and how it is. I think it's so important that they have those safe spaces and they, they can understand that, that there are good people out there. Yes. I love that. Well, Heidi, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Inspired Women Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, share this out with your friends and family, and join us in the Inspired Women community on Facebook. I'll catch you next week.